Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Others putting up the podium there, I just wanted to call attention to Dave. Dave, would you raise your hand? Go ahead. All right, Dave's right there. Um, some of you may not know, uh, but uh, Dave uh, had a fall and some other things happened. And it wasn't too long ago when I came to visit you in the hospital and you were lying in your hospital bed, there was a question as to how or if Dave was even going to walk again. Do you remember that? Okay, and, and I, uh, I, the reason I'm doing this, Dave, is because uh, we prayed for you, and this congregation prayed for you, uh, and uh, prayer is powerful, and so often when we go to prayer, God answers our prayers, and, and you know what we do? We go on to the next prayer, and we forget to stop and recognize that God not only hears But God responds, and God does answer prayer. And Dave, you are an answer to prayer. Here's the rest of the story. Uh, The man who, not so long ago, people wondered if or how he was ever going to walk again. Yesterday, was it? Was on his snow machine. Is that amazing? (laughs) <laughs> Man, that is, that is good stuff, right? Glory to God. Now, <clears throat> if any time during this message, during the rest of the service, they're adjusting my mic. That's why my voice is kind of echoing and changing. And, okay? If any time during the service, you feel led to pray, The Holy Spirit moves in your heart. You feel a conviction of God's Spirit prompting you to pray for something in your life, to pray for something in the life of someone else. Um, Don't sit. Don't wait. Okay? Um, Get up and go back to the cross. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) And uh, you'll be prayed for. Uh, Pastor Tyler, would it, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go with the handheld this morning. We'll, we'll do that. That'll work better. Okay. I'll, I'll hold it. There we go. By the way, would you please go and lay hands on the soundboard? Okay. Hey, listen. Last week, we started a brand new sermon series just in time for Lent. It's called Spiritual Apparel, Choosing God's Design. And one of the things that we do during this season, the time between now and our celebration of Easter Sunday, is that we want to focus in on Jesus And we want to follow Him and walk alongside of Him. 
as he journeys to Jerusalem, um, as he goes to the cross to die for your sin and mine, as he's buried, and then on Easter Sunday as he is raised and the tomb is empty. And so we want to be intentional in our spiritual lives about focusing in and, and preparing ourselves um, for uh, that, that week beginning with Palm Sunday. And as we do that, it's not enough uh, to follow Jesus or walk alongside Him. What we see in the Scripture is this, that those who walked closely with Jesus began to look like Him in their attitudes, in their habits, uh, in their expression of their character. Uh, spiritually, there was a, a transformation that took place in the life of those who were followers of Jesus. Okay? And so we want to be intentional. And we want to say, Lord Jesus, during this Lenten season, we want to walk with You. We want to focus on You. We want to reflect on what You accomplished for us. But as we do that, Lord Jesus, our prayer is that You would change us. That You would be at work in our lives. That as we walk like You, we would become imitators of You. That our character, our nature, would reflect the reality of who we are as Christians, as followers of Jesus. And you might recall last week we read Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 14, and we chose these verses, this passage, as our Lenten passage. Uh, and, and literally, the, the theme of the passage is... You are a new person. You have been changed. You have been transformed. Uh, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, okay, the Bible says that you are a new creation, right? Old things are passing away. All things become new. And really what the passage is saying is, this is who you are. Now live like it. And that's really what these 14 verses are about. It is identifying who we are as followers of Christ Jesus and then encouraging, exhorting, directing us to live like it. Remember last week I closed with, um, with just a brief saying up on the screen to try to summarize all that we talked about. And basically what it said was, you are, now be. Be who you are. And uh, so now we want to go into this in a little more detail. We're actually going to go through uh, those 14 verses and just focus in on them. It's rich. Uh, I think you'll be encouraged. And uh, hopefully the things we're going to talk about these next several weeks as we prepare for Easter will be life-changing, life-giving truths that will settle into your heart uh, and will just remind you of who you are in Christ. I have a friend. His name is Dale. He lives in, in Sacramento. 
And Dale told Lori and I a story over coffee one afternoon. It's an incredible story, and I want to share it with you this morning. Uh, Dale grew up, and as he grew up as a small child, his grandmother used to tell stories. She was a, a great storyteller. And she would tell stories, and, and sometimes uh, the stories would be about castles and uh, royalty and uh, princesses and princes and all of those kinds of things, right? Uh, and she would tell these stories. Well, as she grew older and as Dale had his own children... She would tell, great-grandma now would tell stories to Dale's children, and they'd always include castles and growing up and royalty and all these things. And she would share that, that she grew up in a castle and that she lived the life of royalty like a, like a, like a princess. And, and, and to her dying day, she shared these stories, these, these, these imaginations. And it was, oh, that's just grandma sharing those castle stories again. Right? Well, grandma went home to be with the Lord. She was a woman of faith. And, uh, Dale took his family. This is after she had passed. I said, you know, we want to go to the old country. Uh, not only where where we know where Grandpa was from there, um, we think Grandma may have been or Great Grand may have been, but we're not sure. But we're going to go, and that was like in Northern Europe, like in the Scandinavian region. And he told me the country I can't remember it, but here's the story. They went touring, and you know, in the old country in Europe, there are these castles. They're all through, scattered all about. And they got to one castle, and they went on a tour, and as they were touring, they noticed there was a portrait of a family. And it was the royal family, the family that went back generations, and right? And they're looking at the portrait, and all of a sudden, they just kind of stopped and were stunned. And they looked at each other. Are you seeing what I see? Yes. Do you know what I'm thinking right now? Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. There was a portrait of a family, and in that portrait was a little girl, small, small little girl, okay? And she looked like grandma, great-grandma, right? And so they said, hey, tell us a story about this family, and the person giving the tour said, well, the story is this. It's a sad story. There were two brothers. Uh, you'll notice the one brother and his wife and his two children here in, in the family picture. It's a boy and a girl. And uh, the older brother's children were kind of like the heirs. They were the next in line, so to speak, for all of this. And the younger brother was jealous so the story goes, the two children were kidnapped, and 
they were taken to the United States where they became orphans, placed in an orphanage, and after that, they were gone. So that the younger brother could say to the older brother, you have no heirs for all of this. Okay, that's a sad story. Well, the story goes like this. Grandma was an orphan. And they never were sure really where she came from. But as a small child, she grew up. She was adopted. And she tells stories about growing up in a castle and being royalty. Isn't that amazing? And uh, Dale's all like, that's Grandma. That's the story. She's the one. Grandma was telling the truth all the time. It, it wasn't make-believe. She didn't make it up. All those years, right, taking America, left as an orphan, that she remembered her identity. She remembered who she was, where she came from. Until her dying day, she shared stories about a little girl growing up in a castle. And that little girl was her. Is that amazing? I mean, that is an amazing thing. And even though the, her uncle, right, the, the younger brother, tried to rob her of all that, and I guess in, ostensibly he did, in reality, he really didn't. Because she never forgot where she came from, and she never forgot who she was. Okay? It's Grandma's story. It's an amazing story. Paul, as he's writing here to the Colossians, in verses 1 through 14, says, This is who you are. Now live like that. And so he starts out by helping to identify who the Colossians are. But specifically, their identity their identity as followers of Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, why is that important for the Colossians and why is that important for us? It's important because if we don't know who we are, Okay? We can't live into the fullness of what it means to be who we are. Not only that, we live in a time when if we don't know who we are, everyone else will tell us, especially when it comes to issues of identity. People identify with all kinds of different things. They identify with employment. They have strong identity uh, with accomplishment with education, with what college they went to, with what sports they played, right? And so on and so forth. People have strong identity today with their sexuality. Identity is a big deal. And what Paul is saying to the Colossians who lived in a time not unlike our own, he's saying, as followers of Jesus Christ, you have an identity. And that identity is in Christ. 
that all who are followers of Jesus Christ share that common identity. And in these first four verses, he explains that. Because everything else that follows comes as a result of who we are in Christ. Um, The encouragement to put off the old self, put on the new self, to put on Christ. That encouragement comes out of the truth of this is who you are positionally with Christ as a result of salvation. When you became Christians, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you were transformed spiritually. And this is who you are. Now, Paul says, you need to live like that. Rick Warren, uh, pastor of Saddleback Church, uh, author of The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church, he says this. He says that you were made by God and for God, and until you understand that, life will never make sense. You were made by God for God, and until you understand it, until you get it, life will never make sense. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know that today? Do you know that you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good work, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. That is God who works in you. To do and to will and to act according to His good purpose. And so last week we talked about the, the grand biblical narrative. We have creation in which we were created in the image of God, male and female, in the image of God. The Latin for that is called the Imago Dei, which literally means the image of God. And we were created in God's image. And then the fall, right? That's the second part of the narrative. Sin enters the world. And everything that was created by God was distorted by sin. Okay? The third part of the narrative is redemption. You have fall, you have creation, fall, and redemption. And in the redemption narrative, God redeems that which was corrupted by sin. And we know that Jesus Christ came into the world to die for our sin. The fourth part of the grand biblical story is restoration, in which all that was corrupted and impacted by the fall, right, will be completely and totally restored, recreated. And there will someday be a new heaven and a new earth, right? In which Christ and all those who by faith trusted in Him will live and rule and reign together. That's the grand biblical narrative. And so at the end of the story, God returns us in a way to the beginning of the story. 
as it originally was, it shall be. And, and so we're in this grand biblical narrative. And right now we're living in the middle of the story between redemption and restoration. Now in our passage today, there are four things in those four verses that Paul wants us to know. Number one, we have been raised with Christ in the past. It says you were what? Raised with Christ. It's already been done. At the moment of your salvation, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, all right, you were raised with Him. And what that literally means is that we experience a co-resurrection. That Christ's resurrection is our resurrection. And that the work of salvation transforms us and spiritually, right, Spiritually, we've been raised with Him. And positionally, we are with Him, seated at the right hand of God in heaven. That's what it means. We've been raised with Christ in the past. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 5. Because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Not of yourself, okay? We have been raised with Christ. But he goes on in Colossians 1, or Colossians 3, 1 through 4, to say that we are hidden with Christ in the present. We were raised with Christ in the past, We are hidden with Christ in the present. Look at Ephesians 2, 6 through 7. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might display the surpassing riches of his grace demonstrated by his kindness to us. In Christ Jesus. So really what that's saying is that, that we have been raised with Christ. We've been hidden with Christ. Who we are has not yet fully been revealed. Okay? Who we are in Christ hasn't been fully revealed yet. It has been hidden with Him. But there will come a day when Christ returns... And, and we're going to see Him, and everyone will see us as we really are. Okay? Completed, full, in Christ Jesus. The work of sanctification will be complete, right? And there will be what? Glorification. And that's what this is talking about. That we're hidden with Christ in the present. But the third thing he says is we will be revealed with Christ in the future. 1 John 3.2 Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, right? But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him 
for we shall see him as he is. The day when Christ appears, right? We'll see him as he is. And the scripture says, and we will be made or appear like him. That, that work of sanctification, of being conformed to the image of Christ will be complete. And, and we will be revealed in the fullness of Christ-likeness. Okay? And so what Paul is saying, since we have been raised with Christ in the past, we're hidden with Christ in the present, we'll be revealed with Christ in the future. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ is coming again. He is coming again. But because in the light of these three things, he goes on to say that Christ is our life. He's our life. Paul says it this way in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Okay? That Christ is our life. That by virtue of Christ's work on the cross, that we have literally been united with Christ. And it is our union with Christ that gives us our new identity. And it's that new identity that we live into. And as we live into that, we live into the sense of God's call in our life. Remember how we started the message with those quotes about you know, God created good works beforehand that we should walk in them. That as we identify with Christ, as we live fully into that, it's the power, right? The resurrection power of Jesus Christ alive in our life through the Holy Spirit that allows us to fulfill the purpose for which we were created. To do those things which God created in advance that we should walk in and do. That's what Paul's saying. And that sets up the whole rest of the verses that follow. That in light of that, in light of who we are, in light of recognizing that, that our, our priorities become heaven's priorities. We don't detach and remove ourselves from earthly things, but we move into them fully aware of who we are and what we were created to do. Okay? That's what Paul is saying. And then he's going to go on to say, beginning in verse 5, in light of that, this is how you should live. This is how you should live. You are now be. You're united with Christ. You're in union with Christ. Christ is your life. St. Augustine said this, you have made us for Yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in You. Okay? Until they rest in You. In your worship guide, you will find this insert. It's from an author named Neil Anderson and Dr. Anderson in his book, Victory Over the Darkness, Reclaiming Your 
true identity in Christ. He, he writes these out. On one side you see, since I am in Christ by the grace of God, and he has all these things based in Scripture, that as a result of the grace of God, these are things that have happened to you. Okay? And on the back, it says, who am I? And as a result of your identity in Christ Jesus, being the new creation, right? Being in union with Christ, these are all the things that you are. This is part of your identity in Christ Jesus. I just encourage you to take these, to read these. This could be a daily devotion. Focus on one on each side and let it sink into your heart and into your mind and live into the truth, the reality of who you are. I want to close with this. In all these things that we're talking about, these scriptures were written to churches. And so while they apply individually to each person in that church that Paul is writing to, really, he's writing to them as a family, right? As a family. And as a family, united in union with Christ, literally as Christ's body, His representative to the world. This is what you should look like. Make sense? Several years ago, I had a cousin call me, and he says, uh, Todd, I, I came across a picture, and uh, when we looked at it, it took our breath away because it looked just like you. Well, it's a, it's a picture of my grandfather, <clears throat> my, my mother's father, my grandfather Jones, the Welshman, okay, who I never met. He died like in 1954 of some heart ailment to today. Would, you'd go in, it'd be an outpatient procedure, and you'd be fine. But in those days, you died of those things. So I never met him. And so my cousin sent me this picture. And, and here this picture is. Uh, he was a World War I veteran in France, U.S. Army artillery. And this is uh, shortly uh, after he came back and started his family. And anyway, this is his picture. If you got close enough, this is exactly what I looked like when I was his age. Okay? It's amazing. And you know what? As God's family having our identities in Christ called to the world to reflect His image, to be like Him, right? To fulfill the purpose to which God created us. People should be able to hold up our picture and say, wow, he or she looks in the spiritual sense just like Jesus, okay? That's what he's calling us to. And that's where we're going to go. How does that happen? What does that look like? And we're going to see that in the Scriptures in Colossians as we continue next week in verse 5.
As the worship team comes forward, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our identity, who we are. We have been raised with Christ. We are now hidden with Christ, and we will be revealed with Christ. The truth is that our identity is in Christ and in him alone. Father, we pray and we ask in the name of the one who is our life that you would give us the strength and, Lord, that you would help us to live into the reality of who we already are, that we would be like him and that we would be a witness and a testimony to those in the world that desperately need who he is and what he has to offer. And so now, Father, we pray and we ask these things and we continue to worship in the name of Jesus. Amen.